there and welcome back to the Clarity Podcast. This podcast is all about providing clarity, insight, and encouragement for life and mission. And my name is Aaron Santemeyer, and I'm going to be your host. Today we have Dr. Heather Martin back with us today on the podcast as we've had, um, I've had a lot of questions um, sent in and asked about the new variant and uh, the travel restrictions and all that goes on with COVID, um, specifically living and serving in Africa and how it has made uh, what we thought moving towards um, some new normal has once again become not so new normal as we've uh, travel changes and specifically around the holiday season and just the stress and anxiety I think that it adds is we're trying to um, navigate whether we have to be vaccinated, we don't have to be vaccinated with, or whether our, our test needs to be done with 24 hours or 48 hours. And some people not even be able to get home as their travel plans have been kind of um, upended um, by this uh, discovery of this new variant and the situation we're in. And so Dr. Heather joins us today again, answers questions that have been sent in to me, and really appreciate her. There's no time better than now to get started. So here we go. Well, greetings and welcome back to the Clarity Podcast. So excited to be here again today. Well, excited, I don't know, because this conversation with Dr. Heather, I thought would be, <laughs> I didn't think we'd still be having it. Well, we are. Um, Dr. Heather, welcome back to the podcast. As once again today, we uh, discuss COVID and the new developments in our life living in Africa with the virus. Thank you. Great to join you. Yes. And uh, like I said, I, you know, we've, we've recorded several and um, yeah, I just thought that, Hey, we're going into Christmas. This is going to be a great Christmas. And then all of a sudden, well, it's uh, it's dramatically changing for sure. And so, uh, yeah. So for those who haven't listened to the other podcasts we've done together, could you just take a minute or two just to share a little bit about yourself and then we'll jump into some questions. Sure. Um, I'm a pediatrician by training. Um, I worked in Michigan, for nine years before coming overseas. And I've now been in Zambia a total of five years um, doing um, uh, medical care and evangelism um, there. For sure. And um, okay, well, here we go. So these are questions that people have uh, sent to me, asked me, and uh, rather than me try to answer them all, I thought, well, I'd contact you and get you answer them so or wave we can try to answer them together but anyway leaning heavily on you so the first one is um just as things seem to get um, back to normal um there's been news of this new variant what are your thoughts on variants and are variants all bad so uh, for the medical people or you know virologists and all that this is not surprising or a shock this is actually what viruses do um, what bacteria do. Um, they mutate wanting to take over, you know, the world or spread, spread in their hosts. And so to do that, they're, you know, the, the ones that are stronger in a certain way get weeded out, you know, or come up. So this is not uncommon. It's not unexpected. It's a little hard for us to predict, obviously, with great accuracy when or what it's going to particularly look like. So hence why I think the public gets a little bit nervous hearing about them and then our, our media doesn't help inflame or doesn't help flame things. Um, but so this, this is pretty normal. The, I think the comforting thing people need to understand um, 
I was listening to one, you know, they talk about there's 50 different mutations with Omicron or Omicron or however you pronounce it. Um, but uh, it, the spike protein is still 95% the same as, as it was before. So it's not quite, yes, it's a, a shift. Um, but thankfully with this specific one, the shift has been in transmissibility. So, um, so it's a lot more, um, yeah, it can transmit a whole lot faster, even than Delta. Like it's, it's zooming, like they say doubling in every two days, the number of cases as far as that and like in the UK and South Africa and that. But the, um, a lot of times with these mutations, as one mutation happens, um, it makes one part of the virus stronger per se, it has to give up. It gives up something in another part of it. And it's a little still early to tell because it's been, what, a week and a half, two weeks. But it appears that this one is not as virulent. It's not as deadly. It doesn't make people as sick, which is actually ideal. Um, so everybody can get it and get herd immunity, but without a huge burden of death. I mean, there's still a caution of, is it going to cause, even if it causes a small amount of problems, when you hit that many more people, health systems can still have an issue. Um, because if you have that many people getting sick, a few, a few people getting sick in hundreds of thousands or millions, it's still a lot to handle, but right now it's it's looking like this actually, sorry, that's probably going into one of your other questions, but no, looking, at big, looking at big picture down the road, yeah. this is actually probably ideal. This is, yeah. and this is for me listening to a few different types of people. So right. obviously there's different feelings. And again, nobody, everybody's hedging their bets right. and nobody will make a, strong, strong statement, but um, so this is how a pandemic um, comes to an end hmm. is that we get between our vaccination um, campaigns and um, huge numbers, like just huge, huge numbers getting this milder variant. Um, so having, they have herd immunity, right. um, but a few people die and they're not not the numbers that Delta were killing. Yeah. Um, that actually is. So this will displace Delta. It's hmm. already displaced Delta in South Africa. It's on its way to displacing Delta in the UK and other parts of Europe. Um, and the United States, we don't, we don't do huge numbers of that specific testing. Yeah. So we don't quite know how much really is in the United States yet, but it's, yeah. it's on its way. I mean, it's there. Yeah. So it's on its way spreading. So, Dr. Heather, so when we, we take a COVID test, they're not testing every one test we take, because many of us take the travel a lot. We, we travel and we get a COVID test to travel. So what I, you just said is, so is not every one of those tests, are they then testing it for variants? Is that, is that correct? Correct. The, um, to actually test, the, they're actually doing gene sequencing okay. to look at the, um, the actual strains. And that's more expensive and takes more time. 
Okay. And so you're not going to do that on every person. They're, I mean, that is cost prohibitive. Yeah. Besides time, you yeah. would never get your certificate in time. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, so that's why in certain countries uh, do more test, more of that gene sequencing than others. Yeah. And you're right that the whole travel thing now, uh, now if a U.S. shifting to 24 or one day, I noticed they did not say 24 hours. They said one day before uh, yeah. travel, but it's still, man, you, like you said, life travel used to be complicated, but now getting yeah. that travel certificate with the QR code, all those things before you can leave oh is just, is just added a, uh, a different, uh, a different level of, of stress or uh, yeah, just increasing that stress. And so so for you practically, um, are you doing anything different to protect yourself knowing there's, hey, there's this new variant? Are you um, doing anything different? Are you still wearing masks or, yeah, just and for people, the question is basically, should we be doing anything different to protect ourselves now knowing that there's a, um, a new variant out there? You know, because the vaccines, the point was not necessarily to stop transmission, although it great, it does greatly reduce it, though the, the media tends to downplay that. Um, it does not completely stop transmission. It's the point is to stop death and hospitalization for severe hmm. disease. Um, and that those the vaccines do. So we can still transmit it. Um, so there is still some benefit to wearing masks. Um, although, you know, how scientifically, how much does a cloth mask worn, you know, even properly or mildly properly or half properly, you know, like how much does that do? Not a hundred, you know, it's not perfect, perfect, but, um, and we do know that there's some reduction because, um, the flu went away when everybody started wearing masks and washing their hands a lot more. So there is some benefit. Um, so I, am I tired of masks? I'm completely tired of masks. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it is 100 degrees and semi-humid and i'm just like this i want to yeah. be done with it yeah. i'm vaccinated yeah. okay so so are there times when i'm in an airy place um even though there's people around maybe socially distanced maybe yeah. part of the time or not right. um so do i take my mask off um admission yes i do why <laughs> 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 To, but um, but is there should we still follow the rules of the countries we're in? Yes, sure. um, I would be careful of that. Um, if you're around some high risk people, you're going home to some higher risk people. Yeah. Um, you have you know I, the idea. You know you're particularly you have yeah you are getting ready to travel. Yeah, um, you really do need to be negative. Um, things like that, there is still some benefit to wearing the mask because, um, we're, it's another, um, if people talk about, have you heard like the Swiss cheese model? Yeah. So for a bad thing to happen, um, lots of things have to line up that the bullet goes through all the holes of the Swiss cheese. So if all the slices of the Swiss cheese are at different spots, it hits one of those and stops. Hmm. Um, but if all the holes line up, but if you only have three, Slices, there's yeah. a lot less line up to be bad. Yeah. And so I think masks just add another slice of Swiss cheese yeah. to make it a little bit harder for you to get it or pass it to somebody who you don't want to get it. Very, very cool. Very good. Very great illustration. Very great illustration. 
Another question um, that the people have sent in and asked, um, they said in past episodes, um, you have discussed um, vaccination. And um, are there any updates on vaccination and specifically about mixing and matching boosters? And yeah. So there's obviously been more mixing and matching of, of vaccines now and no new red flags have come up. Hmm. Um, and uh, just looking at, because I, I'm going to be doing some traveling, I've looked at lots of different requirements from different countries and they, um, are pretty lenient as far as mixing and matching. Okay. So, um, that, that tells me that people are pretty confident mm -hmm. and this includes the United States, European type countries and, and African countries. So, um, in general, the mixing, um, is it seems to be a pretty safe, okay thing. And for yeah. us as missionaries, um, almost inevitable at times yeah. um, because of our, our supply and where we are at different times. For sure. Um, the booster is a big thing in the U.S. now. Yeah. Um, I, I will give you so my opinion yeah. from looking at and listening to different voices on different sides. The booster... Definitely for those high-risk people, the you know the the older population, those with diabetes, hypertension, obesity, um, and or other you know autoimmune issues and things like that, that they probably did not respond as well mm -hmm. to the vaccines. Um, definitely safe. Um, it makes sense for them to reduce their risk. Uh, the young people. Mm -hmm. Like say, because it's eighteen, the booster is eighteen and up, right? Right. So a young, healthy male who's gotten two doses of Pfizer or Moderna, um, he has no other medical complications. Mm, I, so we start weighing the balance of risk and benefit. Okay. There is a small, small risk with we know with like particularly Moderna seems to be the most of. Um, risks of myocarditis and it's particularly in the young men mm -hmm. um like 99 of them uh fine lived you know like they had a, a few bad weeks and then they're fine right but a few of them they, i mean they really were some of them were hospitalized yeah and then left the hospital so it's not insignificant um but it's not like they're they were dying yeah um there might have been one uh, you know, it's just a handful, small, right. but so there, the the risk of him getting COVID is high, right? If yeah. he's not vaccinated, so he should getting the one that's the one and two doses um, is good. Um, only one, if if he if he got COVID, just one right. would be fine. Um, but for him to get a booster, because the chance of him getting it now that he's vaccinated already, yeah. and or has some natural immunity. Um, versus the risk of him in being in that really, really small percentage of getting myocarditis and having his life messed up for a few weeks. Yeah. Uh, that starts bouncing out. Now, if you're 65 and have diabetes and hypertension, that then, then it is worth it. Right. But um, yeah, but they are, I mean, they're safe otherwise, you know, because yeah. it is just a smaller dose of the same, same um, vaccine. Okay. Good deal. Good deal. Um, next question. Um, are you recommending that those coming on teams to visit and those coming to the field be vaccinated? And have you heard of any countries making it mandatory? Yeah. So 
Um, I, I definitely think it's a good thing, unless there's a specific reason medically um, you discussed with your doctor that you shouldn't have it, because we do have those people. Um, I mean, this, this, you are going to be exposed to COVID yeah. um, somewhere and get it. Um, and when we're in countries with less healthcare, um, do we really want to be, are, are you gonna be the, the, that 1% that gets really sick with it? We don't know. And is it better to be protected? Yes. Is it better to um, protect those around you that you're less likely to be transmitting it to somebody? Yeah. Um, requirements. Um, so that's a, that's shifting all the time. <laughs> so um, technically, like when we're, we're, we're planning and going to Kenya for a retreat, right? Yeah. Is it required or is it not? There was rumors it was going to be required. Uh, search it out. Nothing official has been said. Um, a week passes and several people who have traveled through there now say everybody was, they were looking at vaccine right thing zambia has set out that it was going to be and then they retracted it and now it seems that it might be yeah. might be required <laughs> um the the uh, the poor people that i feel bad for is those who have had covid and have have you know proof right. of it in, in a lab test and everything unfortunately most of these countries and i think it's because of logistics yeah. are not counting natural immunity. And that is medically sad yeah. <laughs> because natural, natural immunity is just as good, if not better in some ways yeah. than, and then the vaccine. Um, yeah. But unfortunately those people are probably gonna be forced into getting at least one, a one yeah. shot. Yeah. Maybe, unfortunately, even maybe two, yeah. um, depending on the countries you know, box. Yeah, for sure. And you're right. It has become uh, like a moving target. And just when you feel like, Hey, I live in Kenya. So just like you, when you figure, Hey, we got to figure it out, uh, it changes and then it changes. I do think the difference is um, it's very, I think it's easier to control the people that come into your country rather than saying the whole mass population has, that's a bigger effort to get everyone that lives say in Kenya, everyone in Kenya has to be vaccinated versus saying the people that fly in have to be vaccinated. That I think you have control of because people coming in and out, but to say the whole country, yeah, that would be, would be a big, big task. No, um, you know, that's what they've said though, for your country. I know. <laughs> I know. I know what they, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it is, we, we can say lots of things, um, but just getting there. Is, well, you have 8% vaccinated. We have 3% vaccinated. Yeah, and, that's, and I, and I've read, you know, several articles in bigger countries in Africa that are just wait that vaccines have expired. Um, I just read about it in Nigeria. I forget how many, I don't want to exaggerate, but lots yeah. of doses that expired because they just there's people are not really interested in taking it. So, it, it, um, yeah, there is a lot of vaccine hesitancy for sure. And yeah, yeah. only thirty percent of ours have been given out. Oh wow, that's a, yeah. and 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 here, you know, I mean, you got you can get an appointment easy, quick and pick your, pick the type of vaccine. So it lets me know there's not a big rush on people running to get it because it's, there's lots of appointments and um, honestly, yeah, not a whole lot of questions asked. So, all right, next question um, for parents with young children. Um, could you share um, 
more about your advice to them during COVID and what are your thoughts on younger people as the age keeps moving down lower and lower and lower? Um, what are your thoughts on younger people being vaccinated? Sure. So now Pfizer is approved from five and up. Um, and then also, well, they started with 12 and up and then they went down to, um, you know, they, doing the studies and going through the safety data and everything like that. Now they're, it's approved down to five. It's the only one. Um, so I think it's an overall good idea. Yeah, overall good idea. Again, something looking at the risk, your, you, you know, your comfort and level with risk. Um, are children uh, dying from COVID? And very few. Um, and most of those have, um, they, pretty much all of them have some comorbidity. Um, of some sort that they have some major health issue, you know, if they have, uh, if they're going through chemo or if they have some sort of heart condition or that. Um, but like the safety, the safety data was good. Um, we know the kids are part of the transmission chain. So there is also that benefit um, that we're helping somewhat um, with that. Um, so um, yeah. Are you concerned you with kids? Are you, no, I just, are you concerned with, um, you know, the parents that I've heard said that, um, you know, hey, our kids are already getting a lot of vaccines. Do we really need to add another one to it? Um, does that concern you? No, that doesn't concern me. I mean, the, the amount of, I mean, it's a, a half ml of material that they're getting. Um, the components, um, you know, and we, we now have a year and a half to see how, you know, things are working out with it um, otherwise. And nothing in it per se concerns me that way. Um, I do have a few, you know, partners who are in the States practicing and they have seen, they've taken care of a few of the kids who get COVID and get that um, MISC, um, you know, the fancy medical jargon, um, right. Um, the Kawasaki type right. uh, disease um, that it's the immune system just kind of goes into overdrive. And so, and they say it's not insignificant. That's a, that is not a, a, a fun thing to live through For sure. and can cause some, and can cause some significant life term, you know, lifelong problems. Yeah. So um, there, there is that, that besides thinking, okay, I'm just protecting grandma by having my kid vaccinated, the, there is actually some protection to your own child. Yeah. Um, and I don't know that we know about long hauling, long haulers in the kids, but definitely in the teenagers, there's been um, these people who get my, relatively mild and um, months out, they're still dealing with heart issues, like, you know, heart rate going up and exhaustion and stuff like that post kind of post viral okay. thing. And that's even been in some teenage athletes and that. So there is benefit. The risk of it that we talked about with the myocarditis mm -hmm. in those like teenage boys or in young, young men, twenties seem does not seem to hold true. There was no cases in the safety studies. And there were no cases of myocarditis in the children in wow. that five to 12 year old. So to be give insurance there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and when we give out millions of doses, we'll see, but at least in the thousands yeah. that they did, um, there was none. 
And did you say that the, the dose that a child's getting is not the same dose that an adult is getting? Is, is it, yeah, or is it the, the same? The teenagers, get the, the teenagers get the same, but the five to 11 year olds get a different dose, same material, but different dose. Okay. And, um, no, that's, uh, that's, that's helpful. And, um, the same basic care, say a parent, their child does get COVID the same basic care that you would anything change on that. I know there's been in the past, could we give ibuprofen, not give ibuprofen? Could we give Tylenol, not give Tylenol or paracetamol? Um, still basic recommendations on that. Yeah. Nothing has changed on that really. Okay. Good deal. Good deal. All right. Um, last question for you. Um, says, um, tired of this and I've <laughs> been tired of it for a while. I know, Dr. Heather, you're not a prophetess, but do you see the virus going away or is this something we need to get used to? And um, yeah. And how can we get used to it and not keep shutting down? So the virus is here to stay. Um, I mean, we're going to have SARS v. CO2, whatever is going to be here, like just like influenza is here every year. It'll probably get a little bit more cyclical, um, seasonal, like like influenza, but that's to be seen. Um, uh, in our in in Africa, in our our climate, that is a little bit more modified. It might be around in, in pockets that run around. Um, it will probably in the States become part of the respiratory panel that people check when people are really sick, you know, asthmatics and things like that. And they'll do the, it'll be in the no swap with all the rest of the 12 other ones that they do. Um, but so, but like I said, this, we have to get enough herd immunity and it, it's the, it's the problem of to get to herd immunity, it, that it's vaccination and people getting it. And so it's how many lives are you going to lose within the people getting it to get herd immunity? Um, but eventually that will come to a place. And seemingly at this point with this variant, that might be um, yeah, a helpful answer that, that people will not get as sick. <laughs> to not shut down, um, that's out of our hands, unfortunately. <laughs> um, if you want my commentary on that, I'm not sure you do. But uh, for for our listeners, um, you know that those are things that are out of our hands um, um, as governments make decisions um, and medical people who advise the governments. Um, but for for um, big picture, it's it's the problem of people make medical decisions for their patients. And that's one way of looking at things. And then we as medical practitioners who are public health make public health decisions. Um, and then the little political commentary that the, there are physicians and public health officials who are um, paid through uh, a part of their paycheck comes from the government. And so they, they have their political um, the political ramifications um, are different than medical ramifications. And so they're taking all of that into account and sometimes are making different decisions than I would make as a medical practitioner, if that is a makes nice sense. way to say. Yeah, makes sense. Um, but and what I would tell people is, and then the media Again, remember the media has an agenda just as much as anybody else. 
Um, you know, people get on big pharma and all that for, um, you know, the vaccine issue and things like that. And I'm not saying quote unquote, big pharma is perfect. There's definitely greed, but there's greed in every part of society because we're humans. And so the, the hype that the media has made over this, um, it just frustrates me because there is not the need for it. And they are the, the, we talk about the fear contagion is as strong, if not stronger than Omicron. And so people need to take a step back, um, take a deep breath. And I mean, we as Christians, we know God knows about this and he knows what was coming. Um, and he has put into place things for things to work out in a certain way, honestly, even without his direct intervention. Um, and like we say, as, as that virus's parts get weaker, as parts get stronger. And so there is a, a balancing out of things. Um, I mean, that's not to negate the person who unfortunately their, their relative, um, you know, got really sick or passed away from it. Uh, not to, not to lessen that, but, um, we need to not realize the media feeds off of fear to sell to sell their papers, to sell their articles, to get their clicks. Yeah. And so don't don't succumb to um, all of the hype because realize they have an agenda behind the hype also yeah. that is not necessarily in the best interest of of our health or, yeah. or human humanity as a whole. And so just take a big breath and say, you know what, what let me you can you can find some sources that are a bit balanced that um, can you can find a little bit and then you know take take social media breaks because yeah. you just you just need a break from the the constant barrage. Well, I said that was going to be the last question, but the one that has come to mind. Um, so you're a pediatrician and, you know, in generations, communication. Um, so you look at a younger generation where that is, it seems to be more comfortable with texting than having face-to-face mm-hmm. conversation now um, has been encouraged to wear masks. How, do, how can parents walk their children through that process of getting comfortable with, because there is some fear and anxiety, as you said, that is fed on social media that, hey, you have to wear a mask to be safe. How do we, do you have any advice for parents as they try to help their, their kids walk through that process of, um, yeah, of being, feeling comfortable having conversations. And I've been in conversations where kids don't want to take their mask off because they're afraid of me, you know what I mean? Cause they don't want, they're afraid of me and what, you know I mean? In an outdoor space, whatever, but yeah, just as a pediatrician, do you have any thoughts on that for parents as they help, help their kids in the anxiety that has been provoked in this situation? That's a the interesting fallout that I have not. I, people have not presented to me because yeah. right now I don't I don't end up interacting with a lot of kids who wear masks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because <you're in> <laughs> so it's just um, yeah, just a thought though. I I guess um, definitely like when when you're at home and things like that. Um, normalizing having the mask off because when you're in a situation that you don't need it. Yeah. Um, and um, 
I, I have run into this, the, the idea, the concept, and this just takes it another step of the not being used to talking to people yeah. and wanting just to do even confrontation yeah. um, in texting or, or messaging of some sort. Um, and, and really it's, it's, it's getting kids out and, and if, if it is forcing them to have interactions, um, but making it in a, a comfortable setting Mm-hmm. Um, this I what to go back to my I was a really really shy child, mm-hmm. really really shy. Like I like in public, somebody at church would say hi to me, and I I didn't even want to say hi. I mean, I understand I was four or five, but my mom's like Heather, you have to at least greet them the first step. You don't have yeah. to engage longer, right. but you have to at least greet them because that's rude. Yeah, you have to say thank you if somebody gives you something because yeah. we're grateful. Right. Um, and so it'll, it's going to be a similar type thing of saying, sure. you know what, I know you are, feel uncomfortable necessarily with adults or with talking with us, but for this half hour, we, yeah. you are going to need to engage. But, you know, if, if kids really are fearful of that, have it with safe people hmm. or, you know, you have people mix that are a little bit outside the extended family. But have like a game night and yeah. have it that it's something that's more enjoyable or that they're playing soccer yeah. or that, that it's, there is something else there that, because I, I think that a lot of that fear is they don't know how to have that conversation going on. Yeah. Um, which if they can do something that they already enjoy yeah. and feel comfortable with, but add in that person, yeah. that'll give them a, a little bit of way comfortable, you know, making them comfortable as they do it. Thank you so much, and sorry for the the uh, uh, no. question that came out of left field. But it just as you were talking, and uh, it just it came to mind. So, Doctor Heather, will you pray for us? You pray that God will use this, um, and just pray for those around the around the world that are listening in that um, yeah are tired and um, maybe somewhat frustrated, and irritated, and um, but just pray for peace in this season. We we speak of the Christmas season as a season of joy and peace. That it really will be. Um, 2021 will be a, a season of joy and peace um, because of our Savior. Yes. Heavenly Father, we come before you and we do thank you for this time of the year that we celebrate you coming to earth and all that that entails. And we even understand a glimpse of what you gave up to know how much that means you love us and care about us. And um as a reminder that you know about every single detail of our lives. And just as you had a secular person to send taxes um, to bring be part of your birth and the specifics, and you included the shepherds and you included the wise men who were far away and pagans and to know that you care about every single person um, I just ask that in our, our missionary family, that you would um, bring a peace um, and a comfort. I pray a protection over our families, that you would keep them healthy, um, and that uh, things, travel plans and um, testing and everything that goes on in vaccination or not vaccination, Lord, that you would be in every decision that is made. I pray for those whose travel plans have been disrupted, 
that you would uh, make a way where there seems to be no way. And that for those that don't end up getting to travel, that you would give a peace, um, that you are there, you would comfort them, um, that you would give them times of joy with the people who are where they are at. I pray for those who are back in the States who are expecting them home to also comfort them and give them just a sense of your presence and um, that they would find unique ways to celebrate um, even if they're apart. And we do ask for guidance for our leaders and our organization and our countries um, in these medical situations that you would give them guidance as they make difficult decisions that affect so many lives, that they would truly be guided by your hand to make the best decision for the the most people to keep us um, protected um, and as well as, um, as well as they know how to do. Uh, we thank you for all that you do for us and how you care and for this time that we could discuss what, what is going on and affecting us.